one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So we are here to talk about Alexis McAllister, of course, a player who seemingly is getting closer and closer to becoming a Liverpool player. Lots of reports coming from Argentina, of course, and Fabrizio Romano is also weighing in, suggesting the deal is getting ever closer, as I say. So I want to get a real sort of detailed look at McAllister, and I think you're the man to give it to us. So his early career... Um, Argentinos Juniors. Um, he was signed by Brighton in 2019 before he went back to Argentina to play for that club, where he, sp- I think he ended up playing 83 times and scored 12 goals and nine assists for them. Do you remember much of his time there, sort of emerging as a very young player? And what was he like then? Yeah, I remember a lot of his time uh, towards the end of his Argentinos Juniors career and then when he went on to Boca, Boca Juniors, which is mm-hmm. one of the bigger clubs in uh, in Argentina. Yeah. And he, just an all-around midfielder, more known for his attacking prowess, more of an attacking midfielder, a, a playmaker, uh, a number 10, let's say a classical number 10. And from there, he... You know, he had signed for Brighton, as you mentioned, but then he kind of went back on loan. So not many people were sure of what was going on. And yeah. then when the pandemic hit with COVID, that obviously put a halt to, to football in general, to life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and in regards to the Argentina national team, he had a very weird uh, integration, let's say, because he was initially part of the under-23 team, the Olympic team, which yeah. qualified for the Olympics. He played very well, uh, one of the standout players, went to the Olympics once more, one of the more standout players, even though the team failed. And his national team career, uh, as I mentioned, a little bit weird. The, the the reason being is that he was first capped in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played two matches, didn't really stand out, and then he wasn't called up for another three years. And he, the only, well, I wouldn't say the only reason because he was still in very good form, but when in 2022, um, there was a whole pandemic and there was the issue with the the South American Premier League players where they had traveled to South America and Mm -hmm. then they were kind of banned and all that stuff. So initially he was not part of the starting 11 McAllister. And in March, 2022, Argentina were already qualified for the World Cup and they played two friendly matches against Venezuela and against Ecuador. And he started both of those matches in place of Giovanni Lo Celso, who was suspended uh, because of the the, the traveling issue. Mm -hmm. And in those two games, he didn't particularly play too, too well. I mean, overall he was okay, but nothing, no standout performance. They get to the finalissima match, the the trophy against Italy. He doesn't play. 
We get to the World Cup, he's not playing. Starting 11 versus Saudi Arabia, doesn't play. And then for he plays against against Mexico, and then that was it. The, the rest mm-hmm. is history. He He's a very intelligent player, very, very smart, knows how to dribble, knows how to play that killer pass, uh, has a pretty good eye for goal uh, when it comes to, to set pieces, free kicks, and, mm-hmm. and, and penalty kicks as well. And he's, as I mentioned, very intelligent, but at the same time, he wears pressure very well. He knows how to deal with pressure. And, you know, against Mexico, he starts, he plays very, very well against Mexico. Arguably Argentina's best player uh, in that match alongside Lionel Messi. Um, scores against Poland, and then he just gets better and better and better and better. And this was a player that, for many, myself included, we saw maybe more of a squad player mm. at the World Cup for Argentina, despite the fact that leading up to the World Cup, he was, along with Enzo Fernandez, who was at Benfica at the time, yeah. the most informed midfielder that Argentina had, but he was nowhere near the starting eleven. So uh, good for him, very, very happy, and he's done extremely well for Brighton this season. Yeah, he certainly has. I want to come on to that in just a second, but you mentioned how it's been a an interesting rise at international level. I suppose in many ways it has his club level as well, because as you mentioned, he gets sent back to his, his original club and then he goes back to Boca Juniors as well. I think he actually ends up winning the title, the Argentinian um, title when he's back at Boca. And you mentioned sort of the travel problems there. I think I remember, was it a lot of Brazilian players got in trouble for being involved in a game that they should have around the COVID time? Do you remember that? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of the South Americans, but more specifically the Argentines, because uh, yes, Brazilian players got got in trouble for that, but it was more the Argentines because Lo Celso as well, Lo Celso. Yeah, it was four yeah, players. Yeah. Yeah. Lo Celso when he was at Tottenham, uh, Emiliano Martinez and Buendia of Aston Villa. Yeah, um, and then there was a fourth, uh, Christian Romero of Tottenham. Uh, so those four, they knew they were not allowed. Like. You know, the league told them no, and they said, yeah. well, okay, adios, and they left, and they, they went. And, you know, if that doesn't happen, chances are McAllister doesn't play the two matches in the qualifiers in March of last year, and then, you know, who knows if he ultimately gets a call-up to the World Cup or not. Chances yeah. are, yes, because he was in great, great form leading up to it. Uh, but that whole thing kind of opened the door to for McAllister in the national team. Yeah, and he's definitely took his opportunity. Um, you mentioned, like I say, he made his international debut at 20. It took a while for him to sort of nail his place down then after that. You you spoke about the World Cup. Obviously, we can't ignore the World Cup. He was a standout player for Argentina. Argentina obviously go on to win it. And you sort of rank him alongside Messi as being one of the better performance. I mean, that's, that's high praise in itself. But you actually tweeted during the World Cup. I found that he was unplayable during the World Cup final. Mentioned his intelligence, mentioned his technique. And of course, you mentioned his assist as well. And you also described him earlier on the tournament as an unsung hero. Do you want to talk a little bit more about his World Cup? Because he was amazing during it. And it's a fascinating one because he's played a lot of different roles. You mentioned him sort of starting out life as a 10. We've seen even at Brighton, he's played a lot of different positions. And I think I kind of first viewed him as a bit of a facilitator. And when you look at Argentina, sort of full of stars, Messi being the main one, you do kind of think, oh, maybe McAllister's just doing a job. But he was a lot more than that, wasn't he? No, it was certainly a lot more. And, you know, we, we spoke about Lucerzo earlier. Lucerzo was extremely important to that national team uh, because of his link-up play with Messi. And when he was out, the general feeling was it's not going to be just one person that will replace Lucerzo. It's going to be, a, you know, a couple of players. And those couple of players ended up being 
well, Enzo Fernandez now yeah. of Chelsea and the man we're talking about right now, Alexis McAllister. And he was unplayable at times. And you know, this happened to me once or twice during the World Cup. And I saw a lot of people tweet about it as well. There were times where he was on the ball for a split second. I, I honestly thought it was messy. Just the the, the maneuvering, the movement, the, the even kind of the look a little bit with the beard from, from afar, you would think it's Leo. Um, and he ended up, you know, we spoke about his intelligence, but to play with Messi, uh, you have to be smart. And I, I don't mean that in, in a bad way, but in a very good way, because you don't know, like he will find you from anywhere across the pitch, anywhere on the pitch will find you. So you have to be ready. You have to be looking around and knowing where he is and knowing where everyone is. And if you look at those dribbles in the World Cup final, if you look at his match against Croatia, the, his movement and intelligence and the way he was he was able to open up the play uh, for Messi, for Alvarez against the Netherlands, he really does it all. And he will track back defensively. He's not known for you know his defensive tackles and sliding tackles and everything, but... If need be, he will do that at times. You know, he will help cover. But specifically, midfield forward towards the attack, that's where he shines, you know, the best. And the perfect, perfect example of that is the World Cup final, the assist right before he got the pass from uh, from Julian Alvarez. He looked to his left on the other side of the pitch to see where Di Maria was. So he knew. And when he got the ball, he kept running forward. He knew Di Maria was there played the pass in and got it. Um, and that was his, in my opinion, just his shining moment, his crowning moment. Yes, he scored against Poland, but that right there kind of encompassed what he's all about. Taking a look around the pitch before receiving the ball, making the run, knowing when to play that pass. Uh, a very, very intelligent player. And, and whoever gets him, and it looks to be Liverpool, and I would not be disappointed in that whatsoever, uh, is going to have an absolute gem of a player.